You're listening to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey guys, Justin here along with Derek, and we have John Sweetland here to talk recruiting. Tyler is still out this week celebrating his wedding from this past weekend. He might be shagging as we speak. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Oh Would have been better without that image. <laughs> hey. That's a horrible way to start a show. No, it's perfect. You know, we're happy for him, you know. He may not listen anyway. Jordan, hey, if you know you're what? listening, I had nothing to do with that. This is why this is why you guys are getting podcast haters. Like you guys are gonna hate mail. We talk about the weirdest stuff sometimes. This hey, is you know, Justin probably doesn't have a script today and we're just going all crazy. Hey, they'll probably hate Tyler because he's actually shagging if they're listening to our podcast. <laughs> so, hey, let's well, talk about let's talk about recruiting, man. Big day, great day in Huskers. Uh, but so Scott Frost he called it a new drama signing day. You know, it's true, I think. 23 recruits were signed. John, were there any surprises to you? Uh, Surprises? No. I think for people who cover recruiting pretty closely, things have trended up for Nebraska with regards to defensive end Ty Robinson uh, out of the the Phoenix metro area down in, I think it's Gilbert. So um, not many people were sure if he was going to become a Husker. Um, but over the last couple of weeks, things started to slip out that they're trending really well. Nebraska's in a good place. It's where his family wanted him to be. And then if you saw his announcement today on Twitter, check it out if you haven't already. But he's got a Nebraska-sized belt buckle on his belt. Uh, and I think if, you know, if you're going to go to Oregon, that, that's probably not the type of guy you want, the belt buckle guy. So that was the big surprise of the day for Nebraska landing him. Um, they picked up um, commits from Jimmy Fritz as well, uh, who is a tight end turned offensive tackle, uh, and Brant Banks, who projects as a defensive end to start out at Nebraska. So um, those are the big three for today. Other than that, there wasn't really any surprises for me. Agree, Derek? Yeah, I agree. Uh, my biggest surprise of the day was Scott Frost's comment, and I'm going to try and paraphrase this as best I can. Give credit to Troy Walters and Ryan Held because when he, talking about Wendell Robinson, uh, committed somewhere else, I gave up. I wasn't going to spend any more time with it. Like, really? I don't think that's the information. Like, that's not the the, the message you want to send out, I don't think. Like, I'm usually the easiest one on Scott Frost out of the three, out of the three of us, or usually with Tyler here. But this is not something I think you can go out and tell, tell the public. Like, you want to say this back behind doors and, you know, behind closed doors, that's fine. But don't put this out as a public image. That's just, it doesn't sound good. It doesn't look good. I don't know. I, I you know, uh, I don't think he meant any ill will towards that. I think what he was doing is he was just trying to give great credit to Troy Walters and Ryan Held, you know, trying to, uh, you know, call out their persistence and they kept pursuing him and they never quit. And he, I think he was just giving them all the credit for that. And he wasn't fine. trying to and take any of that credit. That's fine. Give them the credit. Just don't put yourself down while you're doing it. 
Yeah, this is a this is really a mixed bag for me, Derek. I picked up on the same comment watching his press conference today, and I get both sides. I don't think either one of you are right or wrong. Um, we all know that the the flip, not well, I can't say flip. The official commitment to Kentucky took Nebraska fans and coaches by surprise. Um, so I think there might have been a little bit of ill will when it happened at the time from Coach Frost saying, "Hey, you know what? That's where you want to go. That's fine. We're just going to move on." Um, but, you know, credit him for giving uh, Ryan Held, who's been a super recruiter since he came on board, credit along with Troy Walters. Walters catches a lot of flack from the message board fans um, just because they don't see him doing a lot since Scott does run the offense for the most part. Um, but he has been very instrumental on in several recruits this year, including Wandale, Darian Chase, and several others. So um, it was nice to see him get a little bit of love today um, for the work that he's done and put in because flipping Wandale back to Nebraska was a, a primo job by the two of them. Yeah. I, I like how uh, Scott Frost put that, you know, a new toy to the offense. That's, that's what he said about Wandale Robinson. And he's right. It's going to be cool. Uh, John. I'll, oh, go ahead, Derek. I, I, I got one more question for you, John here. Uh, so the other comment that really stuck out to me was Scott Frost says, uh, hopefully we're not done today. Hopefully there's a couple more signatures that get announced eventually. Uh, is there some silent commits that we're not hearing about? Or do you, do you anticipate any silent commits that we're not hearing about? Or am I reading too much Our into ghost, that comment? Are ghosts real? Do, do vampires exist? These are all <laughs> questions that we'd like to know the answers to as well. Uh, I think this specifically, I, I don't think there's any recruits out there. There's really no one on the coach's radar that could pop up as a last-minute commit at this point. Um, Nehemiah Pritchett may have been the, the one cornerback that you could have you know, thought that might get like a January visit. But for today, I, I'm almost positive that, com that comment is really reserved for uh, Dedrick Mills, the JUCO four-star running back um, that they have signed, but not taken a letter of intent from today. Um, and that's just a, a case of you have until Friday to sign in the early signing period. I believe they're just crossing their T's, dotting their I's with his transcripts to make sure that he can be an early enrollee. They want to maximize their JUCO time on campus and get them up to speed. And if you can't bring them in until the summer, that creates a little bit of a learning curve, I think, as we saw with some of the JUCO recruits this year on both the offense and defense. So I think it's Dedrick Mills. I'm excited. I hope they get him signed by the end of the week. I think that's the only name that you should really keep an eye on at this point. What's up with Desmond Bland? Uh, it's rumored that he's not going to graduate early. So uh, with that in mind, uh, the, the coaching staff just wants them to sign in February. Um, I don't know if he'll stay or go. There's been uh, mixed emotions on both sides of that, that street, I think, a little bit. you know, FSU has come on really hard for Bland, but I think Nebraska needs a true center. I think he is worth taking him uh, later in the class and missing spring ball um, to try and get him on board in the in the summer and fall. But as you guys know, center is the most important position on the offensive line. You have to make the calls, make adjustments, etc. So it, I would love to see Bland in. I think he's a heck of a player, um, but I, I, I think he's a name to keep an eye on um, just down over the next few weeks, really. Any chance he gets the Tony Fair treatment? <laughs> that's not a fair statement um you know i see what you did there. Stuff, Justin, Justin you and i we we talked about this ad nauseum uh, uh, not too long ago i like tony fair i think he's a good kid i think he did all the right things to get to nebraska nebraska simply just 
got a surprise over commitment out of Darian Daniels, the, uh, the defensive tackle from Oklahoma State. Um, I don't think there's any, we don't like you, we don't love you, just it's a numbers game at the end of the day, Justin, I know you hate that. Um, but you can only have so many guys, and with the, the recruits they have in high school committed, they just didn't need you know a grad transfer plus a JUCO to fill that gap. So I hope he lands somewhere terrific. I actually didn't follow him today. It's on my list to catch up on tonight, but um, yeah, I don't see anything else. And Derek, to, to go back to the earlier question, that might be the other thing they're waiting to announce is Darian Daniels from Oklahoma State is like an official transfer for the spring. So I think those him and Dedrick Mills, now that I think about it more, would probably be the two names that could pop up this week still. I want to make one more comment on the Tony Fair thing, and I'll drop it forever. But uh, when Scott Frost in this press conference today, he was talking about the drama-free signing day, and he goes on and he says something along the lines of, you know, he attributes it to we honored and they honored. Tony Fair, <laughs> I don't think he agrees with that at all. But anyway, uh, John, who who are the guys that could be the early enrollees? Scott Frost, he mentioned that there would be six early enrollees. Who are those six? My count right now has us around eight, but I'd have to double check that. And Dedrick Mills would be one of those guys. So uh, it would be quarterback Luke McCaffrey, Rondale Robin, Wandale Robinson, the running back, Nick Heinrich, the linebacker, Chris Hickman, the tight end, Garrett Nelson, the linebacker, Jamie Nance, and Brant Banks, Banks, the new defensive end that they signed today out of Texas. So um, those would be my names. You can add Dedrick Mills to it as well because they would like him to be there uh, for the next semester. Derek, uh, which areas do you think still need some work in the area of recruiting? Well, before before we get there, there's one, that, and it may it may be an area of concern as well. But there's one more recruit out there that originally was going to sign and then just keep his commit silent, and that's who I kind of hoped maybe Frost was talking about. And and then he was going to announce at the Polynesian Bowl, and now he's decided he's just going to announce at the Polynesian Bowl and sign in February, which is uh, Noah Pola Gates. And according to two four seven, I mean, all the all the crystal balls are going either to Alabama or Nebraska. Uh, is there still a good chance we can land this kid? I mean, he's got a cousin here playing softball. It's got to help a little, I think. So he has a cousin who's a commit here. His uncle, and if I'm wrong, correct me. His uncle is uh, Palomalu from the Steelers. He has another cousin at USC. And then his other cousin is a defensive tackle in Chandler, Arizona, which is part of Phoenix. Um, so, who has a Nebraska offer and will visit in January? I think everything is trending towards Nebraska right now. I would say that there's definitely been a late push by ASU to keep kids in Arizona. That is not a historical trend that has stayed true. Um, I forget who I was chatting with the other day, but they said like only one or two kids every year stay in the, the city of Phoenix or the state of Arizona. So, um, I think the Huskers have a good shot with him. I did not expect him to sign today when he kind of shut things down. There's a lot of moving parts with Noah Pola Gates. He, I think he, he eliminated Alabama today, which would leave Nebraska, USC, and ASU as the, the top choices. USC has a lot of turmoil. They just fired their defensive line coach not too long ago. Um, ASU is just a late push. You know, they didn't offer his cousin um, to play nose guard, which Nebraska has done. So I just think that this is really, hey, I want my cousin to get up to Lincoln, visit Lincoln, check it out because he hasn't taken an official visit. And then, you know, if that's where we're leaning towards, that's where we're both going to go. 
Um, I don't want to say they're a package deal for Nebraska, but I think if you get one, you get the other. Whereas with USC and ASU, that might not be the same case. I believe his, his cousin has offers from both. I just don't believe they're committable offers today, which, as you know, could change all the way through the early signing period as staffs reevaluate their recruiting boards, et cetera. But that's a good question. Um, I was hoping he would sign today. Whispers where he were, but um, I'm happy to wait You know, a month if that's what it takes to sign Noah Polagates and his cousin. And he's a, he's a true cornerback that we really – would like to have a few of right. I mean, like, man, if you if you watch his film, you will see that he is kind of like a Larry Asante type of build. He loves to come up and lay the wood. I think he projects as a safety. This is, and I'll tie this right into Justin's question about you know like areas we need to address. I like a lot of the defensive backs Nebraska signed this year. Uh, Javen Wright is one of the guys I really like. I just think they need a true cornerback, and I don't think Noah Pola Gates is one. I I truly think his best fit is going to be at the safety position at the next level. And I think if you watch his film, you would agree because you'll see him read the quarterback, react, break on balls based on the quarterback. Uh, and boy, does he like to just you know lower a shoulder and tattoo a guy. So I would love to have him. There's a reason he's a highly rated four star. Um, but I think Justin, he's a he's a safety. And I think Nebraska needs to find another true cornerback. Um, and they had a lot of guys come off the board for that this week. Any other position groups that you think uh, we need to target, Derek? Uh, I, wide receiver, maybe. I mean, we got uh, Jamie Nance and Darian Chase in this class. One's a four. I mean, you know, one's a four-star by composite. The other one's a four-star by one service. Uh it's an area of concern right now. Like we're losing Stanley Morgan, and the only other productive receiver we had was J.D. Spielman. Now, I personally am in the belief that somebody else is going to step up, and we, we will probably be okay because they're going to get more targets. Uh, but ju- judging off of what we know and what we've seen, wide receiver is probably an area of concern yet. I don't know that it's an area of concern. It is another area I'd like to see another body um, come in at. So you mentioned both – um, Jamie Nance and Darian Chase, they're both great at what they do. Nance can take the top off a of defense. He's pretty shifty. He's kind of like a Spielman type. He runs a legit four five forty as well. Darian Chase, the man catches everything. He's got size and speed to go with it. Um, but I think they need kind of a, a big body receiver really to, to complement those two guys. Um, and Charles and Joku and Joku, uh, it would be probably the, the best top target remaining for that. Um, a lot of people think he's, he's a tight end. I think they could be right. He's got sneaky, good speed for his length. Um, but the other thing to keep in mind is Nebraska is now running guys like Wandale Robinson, um, out into kind of that duck R position where it's a running back slash wide receiver role. So I think Wandale Robinson helps alleviate a lot of those concerns. I'm really high on Ronald Tompkins as well. Um, he's blown his knees out, uh, in high school. Um, but, man, is he a shifty kid. I'd love to see him kind of operating out of the slot, kind of in that duck R role as well, almost two duck R roles um, opposite of uh, Wandale Robinson and Maurice Washington. So I agree. I think they will take another wide receiver. I think it's just a matter of who it is. I really personally would have loved to have seen Winston Wright, uh, who ended up sticking with West Virginia. Um, I thought he was a very well-rounded wide receiver. Uh, and would have been nice to this class, but he's not a big-bodied wide receiver like Njoku. So 
We'll see, Derek. I agree. I think they'll. I think they'll add at least one more wide receiver yet. So Scott Frost, he was asked that question: uh, who they would pursue in the uh, weeks moving forward. And Scott Frost's answer was that they're going to look at the best available by position. But he did target or he did single out the outside linebacker and pass rusher. You know, so that need is still out there for the staff. So, uh, yeah, John, is there would- any guys out there? that uh, are fitting the bill that they're looking at right now? Oh, man, it's tough. Had this conversation with – I've had a lot of conversations today. Had this conversation with some folks today. I think Lloyd Summerall was probably their best bet to get a true outside linebacker defensive end. Um, He and all the Lakeland kids ended up committing to Florida. Um, That's a pipeline for Florida, so I didn't really expect us to pull him out. But on his official visit, he saw snow for the first time. So defensive end – outside linebacker who can pass rush i absolutely agree with frost for me that's the number one thing they need yet remaining in this class they have a lot of good defensive linemen ty robinson is great ethan piper is great you know they'll get uh, darian daniels to transfer at nose guard uh, and a few other guys and i apologize i'm leaving names off but i feel like they have enough kind of run stopping defensive ends and they need a true hey it's third down come in you know levante david type of pass rusher that can just wreak havoc along the edge randy gregory etc so um that's the big one for me i think offensive line i think you're set i think they did a terrific job there um and if you want we can get into that stuff i don't want to roll into it so but you know you bring that up but uh one of our favorite uh guests to have on the show outside of you john of course is was uh, jackson <laughs> hannah and he, you know he was out to be a pass rusher that was he was trying to set the state record for sacks this year I don't know how he ended up doing it in that, but wouldn't he be considered one of those good pass rushers that you're looking for? I, man, I really love Jackson Hanna a lot like Nick Heinrich. I think they are ball hawking inside linebackers. So I, for Nebraska with, with the, the, the three man front that you'll typically see from the D line, I think Jackson Hanna and Nick Heinrich both really fit that mold of the guys you want inside linebacker that can penetrate, that can shed an offensive lineman and penetrate. Um, so I would say no, not at Nebraska, maybe in high school. Um, I think they are still missing that outside linebacker. All right, guys, I want to play a game real quick. I want to play big deal or no big deal. And this has to do with uh, geographical challenges we did not sign anybody from the states of California, Texas, or Florida. Well, we did big sign one. No That's true. We, we didn't sign one, one from Texas. Texas. We just got him today, Brant Banks. Damn He's it, all right. Let me cross that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, but there's a lot of talk headed into this weekend uh, until into signing day that there were no guys out there from Texas, California, or Florida being committed. And some people took it a little too far, maybe. And we kind of thought when Scott Frost was coming in that that was going to open up that pipeline to Florida. We're not seeing much benefits from it this year. So, again, I ask you, big deal or no big deal? John? Uh, not a big deal. Um, okay. I think they've opened up a pipeline this year to Colorado. I think the results are there for Georgia. I don't think it's for a lack of trying at Florida. I think it's just a, a geographic challenge to pull those guys out. Um, and get them to leave the state. Um, that's very tough to do in Florida specifically. California, I could care less. There's so many great players out of California. Uh, I think you take them when you can take them. If you can't, you can't. 
but I like the Colorado and Arizona and Georgia pipelines that they kind of opened up this class. Derek, do you agree? I, I tend to agree, yeah. I, uh, we pulled kids out of 16 different states. We got the top five recruits out of Nebraska, which was an unusual year of really good recruits coming out of Nebraska this year. We pulled four out of Georgia, which always has some good talent. Uh, you know, we pulled the top the top uh, the number two recruit out of Kentucky, the number two out of Minnesota, the number five out of Arizona, the number three guy out of Washington, one and five out of Colorado, and number four out of Iowa. So I mean, even the states we're getting into, we're getting their top some of their top guys. Uh, so, do you think we did a good job pillaging Nebraska for its top talent? Oh, <laughs> absolutely! We got that all. We got the top five players, man. That's good, though. Yeah. I mean, Bo Pelini and, and Mike Riley would have uh, expected him to walk on. So the fact that we actually got these commits, I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's a big deal. I love you. I love you so much. I just want you to know that, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> I put that on a tee. I'm glad you teed it off 300 yards down the fairway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about recruiting rankings. Uh, what are the recruiting rankings looking like? Derek, I know you got the right. stats in front of you. You always have stats in front of you. I was like, me. I have them too, but you didn't see them. Oh, uh, John can take it. John can take it. John, you teed me up. I'll, I'll let him tee you up on this one. Uh, I'm going to go by rivals. I think the rankings this year are pretty accurate compared to 24-7's composites. Nothing against 24-7's, what I use personally. Um, but Nebraska this year has the number 18 class so far after the first day of the early signing period. As a reminder, it goes through Friday. Last year, they finished 21st over there. They've got 23 signees as of tonight. Uh, we know there's a couple more guys that could get us up to around 24, 25. Um, average star ranking this year, 3.32 stars. Last year was 3.24. If you actually go back and look at the last five years, even with Mike Riley, you will see a slow and steady climb and average star ranking on both rivals in 24-7. So the talent level is increasing. Uh, Nebraska was number four in the Big Ten. Um, for talent so far signed this class. Um, so I think there's a lot of good stuff that's happening so far. Uh, eight four-star recruits as of today for the early signing period. They had nine total last year. So they're not only on pace, but hopefully with Noah Pola Gates, his cousin, and a few other guys, they will exceed that number of nine and get to 10 or 11. Well, I looked at rivals as well. And I, I just want to correct you on one thing, or either that or it changed since I looked at it. And I looked at it about... Uh, seven o'clock tonight, but rivals actually had Nebraska third in the Big Ten. They actually had us ahead of Ohio, of Ohio State. Interesting. Uh, I actually think their national ranking might have changed as well. Since the, I a lot of that has to do with Ohio State having such a, a small recruiting class, too. I mean, we got twenty-five guys. I think they have sixteen. Uh, oh, they you want to talk about early signing day? Let's talk about Ohio State. They have lost. They had a, their quarterback, who is their kind of the head of their class, flipped to Georgia today. That had to hurt, and they lost, I think it was battle to Alabama. So I'm happy with where we're at, and that it was a drama-free signing day. It, it's good for Nebraska. It's bad for podcasting, though. Like, <laughs> the drama is kind of fun to talk about. It is. Uh, yeah, on Rivals, we're, we're 18th on Rivals tonight. Yeah, we're 18th in Scout. Number four in the Big Ten there with six four-stars. ESPN has us at 24 and fourth in the Big Ten. 
I don't know how many four stars because ESPN expects you to pay to see crap like that. So I said, screw them. Uh, <laughs> anytime I can bash on ESPN, that's always fun. Uh, 24-7, I believe, has us uh, 24th as well and uh, fourth in the Big Ten. They have six, six four stars. Uh, I think it's a pretty good class overall, really. You think? Yeah, and, and we still have, what, a, a month and a half to go? Um, so they signed a, a top 25 class last year with a month ago. So hopefully they can add, you know, a couple more na- names to really round out this class as they sprint to the finish line um, through February here. So I'm with yeah. you there. And so, Scott Frost, he, he said during his press conference that uh, they wanted to sign up to 30 people total. So there's there's plenty of room. There's seven other dudes out there. So, so Derek, I think five. I think there's five more dudes out there. Five with, with Darian Daniels and yeah. then uh, Dedrick Mills. You count those two. That'll get us to 25 today. Um, Add in Desmond Bland. You know, same thing. Five more guys. Okay. Uh, John, you talked about uh, the average rating of a recruit jumping up a little. Uh, I went off 24-7 sports, so my ratings are a little different. I didn't have three and a half stars. I, I went by what they have in the numbers. Uh, our average recruit this this year was, was ranked uh, like a .88. Uh, I don't know what the average is as far as stars go, but this is the highest average rate rating we've had since 2011, which we averaged 0.8832 compared to our 0.88 even. So, I mean, it, it's, but even with the great recruiting of Mike Riley, we're still, we're averaging better than what he did. We're just not getting the big names that he did. But look, the big names that he got aren't here. The, the Keyshawn Johnsons, the, uh, Tyjon Lindsay's, you know, a lot of those guys, they're not here. So. I think the big difference between Scott Frost and, and prior coaches, I'm not going to just say Riley. I, I think this applies to Pelini and others as well, is that when you would go out and you'd sign a three-star with, with a, a different coach, it'd be a middle-of-the-road three-star. With Nebraska, you have players that are just right on the edge of being, you know, a four-star, three, a high, very high three-star but maybe a four-star kid. A good example of that is they have nine guys rated at .88 or higher, according to 24-7 sports. But then you go down and you have one, two, three, four guys, five, six, seven, eight guys, nine, ten, ten more guys that are at .86, which is really the threshold for the last three or four years. So I think the qual- the overall quality, kind of the average star ranking, which is hard to tell on 24-7 sports, but if you just look at like the the ranking over the last five years, it's slowly and steadily gone up. And I think with Frost's first full class, you've seen that shift from the middle of the three star chart to the upper end of the three star plus those same four stars. And you know, my word, I think Nick Heinrich, Wandale Robinson, Bryce Benhart, uh, who's an offensive tackle, and Ty Robinson are really all at the top of that four star shelf. Um, they won't push for five stars by any means, but. My word, they are all like right there in the very top kind of 200 players or so. Um, and some of those guys will even get like re-reviewed. Like Bryce Benhart didn't really put out a huddle tape for his senior season. Um, and he should get evaluated here in early January. And I'm guessing bump up into that 150 ranking range. So I think he'll take a big jump. There's just not been any tape for uh, analysts to see on him this year. Well, he, right, he's, an inter- he's an interesting take anyway because – He's the one few lineman that you ever hear. I mean, a lot of people are thinking he can come in and play 
as a freshman. He's already got the size. He doesn't need to bulk up a whole lot. I'm sure he's got some some room to work in the weight room. But being an early, he's going to be an early enrollee too, right? Is that right? Uh, I don't believe so. Oh, okay. I was thinking I had him down as was one of the early enrollees. But at any rate, I mean, if he if he if you don't have to bulk him up much, and he's ready to play, I mean, he's not going to be a starter. Obviously, he's not going to take a Hymas or Farniok out of the game. But even if you can give him some playing time and just get in, he can come in and spell those guys, you're already sitting better than what we were last year. Yeah, um, I think that's actually a really good point. So I love Matt Farniok. I think it's a great offensive lineman. He has really good technique. I just don't think he's a great fit at tackle for Nebraska. Um, so I could definitely see a guy like Bryce Benhart coming in this this summer and fall, um, really working his tail off and by game four, five, six, et cetera. Um, he could kind of be filling into that right tackle role while Farniok slides inside, et cetera. Um, one of the most interesting things, and, and this isn't related to recruiting, but one of the most interesting things I've seen over the last couple of weeks um, from the from the offensive line guys is the progression from week one through week 12 for Nebraska. Offensive line arguably got head over heels better by the end of the season this year. Uh, you know, you, they had some struggles against Iowa late in the season, but man, they were the cog behind that, that comeback and getting that one down to the wire. So I like those guys. I think they've developed a lot this year. I don't remember if it was a farmer or foster and I apologize if you're listening to this, but they basically said that, that under Greg Austin, they have a better knowledge of what their responsibilities are and knowing what their calls are as a line, making adjustments and then reading the defense and reacting to what the defense is showing, which is a change from, you know, the the multitude of O-line coaches they've had before. So I really, really, really like Greg Austin, his coaching of the offensive line. I think they will improve again next year. They've got some holes to fill. Um, but to tie it back into recruiting, they signed you know, some really good offensive line recruits. Bryce Benhart we talked about. I love Michael Lynn. Um, he's a guard at the next level, but he is an athletic guard. He has worked his ass off to reshape his body, refine his technique uh, with Matt McChesney uh, out at uh, in Colorado. He's come a long way. Matt Anderson is going to be a great offensive tackle. He just needs to refine his game, add some bulk and strength as well to hold up to the D1 level. He's going to take a few years to mature. But top to bottom, you know, the the offensive line guys that they signed um, this week or really today um, are head over heels what you need. So there's a couple guys who are projects like Jimmy Fritz, um, Brant Banks, he will be a defensive tackle to start. Uh, same with Matthew Anderson. He'll be a, a, a project to start. But I see Michael Lynn and Bryce Benhart contributing early. And if Desmond Bland ends up here, um, he's going to contribute early as well. So, Well, just, 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 a, just another deal. You talked about how good the offensive line progressed throughout the year. Give a little credit to Zach Duvall, too, because the – this is a, this is the first year I can remember where we didn't end up with two or three injured linemen that we lost for the year. And everybody can say what they want about Cole Conrad. I'm still not convinced he was hurt. I think he was pulled because he sucked. But <laughs> I I think we can all simply agree that the offensive line functioned better with Farmer at center. Good answer. Good answer. Without <laughs> throwing anyone under the freaking bus. Yeah. Hey, guys, uh, let's move on to volleyball. You know, we're coming off of a great volleyball uh, season. Nebraska, in the Final Four, they came back to 
two sets to zero to defeat Illinois in the semifinals, which was amazing. It was so much fun. And then in the finals, they took Stanford to five sets, fell short, but completely amazing. John, what did you think about this? How much fun was it? I had an absolute blast watching the NCAA tournament with Nebraska. Um, they kind of cruised through the first couple of rounds, and then they really had to uh, up their game, specifically against Illinois, who has a lot of kind of Husker holdover from their coaching staff on it. So kudos to them for holding off Illinois, for mounting the comeback they did. I think that shows you a lot about their depth and resilience. Um, same for the national championship game. Stanford is a very good team, and Nebraska is a very young team. So I didn't see Nebraska making it really into the Elite Eight, let alone the national championship game. So um, they only send off three seniors this year, Michaela Fecky, Brooke Smith, and Kinsey Maloney. Um, the whole rest of the squad returns next season. So I think they will have a heck of a team coming back next year. And really for the next two years, they will be loaded from top to bottom. And you better believe that Coach Cook is always going to scour the transfer market, et cetera, to add some uh, some, some different players to the roster and complement things di- differently. So I'm excited for it. It was a great run this year. They went far further than my expectations, and I look forward to next season. Derek? Well, you know, I brought this up a while ago, but uh, the fact they went to a Final Four all four years they were there, especially Michaela Fecky and Kenzie Maloney, those two girls were so amazing the whole time they were here. They uh, they did everything. They did everything right. They did. They were just they're great. And I'm not going to take anything away from them. And as far as the game went uh, against Stanford, I've heard a, I, I hear I've heard a lot of complaints about the uh, overturn call where the ball was close to the line. It, you know what? I looked at it. It looked like it touched the line to me. I thought they made the right call. It was tough. It turned it, it turned the game from 11 to 11 to 10 to 12, and it. Nebraska never really got back into it. Uh, don't don't blame the refs. Let's not be let's not be those fans that we have to sit here and come up with an excuse as to why we lose games. It's, it's we've done it in football. We've done it in basketball. We do it with every sport. It's fine. I, I get it. I, I don't think this was. I don't think this was a situation that the refs ruined the game. Uh, and and the other thing was the whiteboard. Everybody got so bent out of shape on that. And anybody who hasn't seen that, get on Twitter. Get on Facebook. I don't care. Get anywhere and look up Nebraska volleyball, and it's going to pop up. Okay, uh, this was so not a big deal. It wasn't even really meant for for fans to see. Uh, it was a drawing. It was a cartoon. Get over it. Quit being such as Justin calls them snowflakes, or maybe other people do too. I don't know this term, but quit being pansies. All right, <laughs> just come on. I think this is what I had a very long conversation with a friend about this. Uh, God, I have a lot of friends I talk to. Um, I thought it was classless. That doesn't mean I'm going to get bent out of shape, have a hernia, demand action happen. I was just like, you know what? That's a little much. Probably should have known better. You're always going to have media in your locker room if you win a national championship. So just keep it out of the public's eye if you're going to do it. That's my only feedback. I can care what, less about what it What was classless about it? It was a tree. It was a pissed off tree with a hair dryer. It was not a hair dryer. Hair dryers don't have hair triggers. Hair, dry, hair dryers don't have triggers. Hey, at least they were smart enough to say, hey, we can't draw a gun. That's offensive. Oh, make it look like a hair dryer. Then. It did not okay, look like a hair dryer. I get it. We, it doesn't matter. 
It was a gun. I don't care. It could have been a goddamn Uzi. It would not have been a big deal. It's a cartoon of a tree shooting our mascot. If you're offended by mascot and mascot violence, you have bigger issues. But I can't believe the level of uh, how people were so pissed off and triggered by this simple cartoon. Like you said, Derek. It wasn't meant for anybody else to see, really. It was fun for them. It fired them up. And who cares? I, it's, it's just completely surprising me. Go ahead, Derek. All right, just, just a couple more things on this. Uh, John, I will agree with you that it was classless. I do agree that it was probably classless. It's not classless. I get that. I do think it was classless. I don't, I don't think it was necessary. Whatever. I don't, I'm not offended by it. I don't care. Uh, but Nebraska fans, listen, if we can let Bo Pelini, and we can, a lot of fans did at first, if we can forgive him for saying F the fans and F the, F the student section, and we just went, okay, it's not that big of a deal, then I think we can let this slide. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, man. Like, like I said, I think there's a difference between offensive and classless. Classless just means like mm, probably shouldn't have done that to me. Like, nah, you know, some people might take it the wrong way. Offensive would be like, ah, this is horrible. So chalk it up as classless. Erase your whiteboard is the lesson we all learned from this. I appreciate Stanford's athletic department issuing apologies, saying it's not in line with their morals, etc. And I'm over it. Nebraska fans should have been over it, you know, 30 seconds after reading it like I was. So I will defend that it's classless. I will not defend that it's offensive and and horrible, and the, the end of the world is here. But classes, sure. It was a distasteful joke, wasn't it, Derek? <laughs> All right, let's ta- let's get out of here. But b- before we do, we need to do last call. Last call to you, Derek. All right. So John mentioned a little bit about this earlier, but I found it awful funny that Justin Fields is transferring out of Georgia. The five-star recruit last year that like, went to Georgia, and he was the, the big deal. He thought he was going to come in and take Jake Fromm's job. Uh, now it sounds like Ohio State is possibly the front runner to grab him, and all of a sudden, Ohio State loses their top one of their top recruits and in the four-star quarterback, and they went and he went and signed with Georgia. So they basically just had a trade going on here. I this is what makes recruiting so fun, guys. It's it's just. I love drama, and it, it's almost a shame that Nebraska didn't have any because we don't have much to talk about on it. <laughs> John? <laughs> uh, really, for me, last call this year is I'm happy it was an uneventful signing day. Nothing against Nebraska for that. Um, my point is that it's good to have a coaching staff that can not only develop relationships but maintain those all the way through an early signing period. There's a lot of hubbub about guys like Michael Lynn not signing today and waiting till February and leaving the door open for other teams. So I'm just happy that this all went as it should have for Nebraska. There's no bad surprises. A couple of nice good surprises today with Brant Bakes, uh, Jimmy Fritz, uh, and Ty Robinson, and hopefully a few more in January to look forward to. Recruiting has gotten way more enjoyable to follow. I hope that trend continues for 2019. All right, I'm going to throw out a last call to Andrew Bunch. Just like Justin Fields, he's ex- he may be exploring some transfer opportunities. I'm a big fan of Andrew Bunch. I liked what he did here. And if he pursues other opportunities, I completely understand. But I'm rooting for that kid. Amen, man. 
I'll, I'll root for him. I've been probably the hardest on him. If he transfers, he does. I'll support him. Just don't wait till five ga- days before a game. <laughs> John? <laughs> uh, I'm with you. I, I like Bunch. I think he's a good kid. Sad to see him go as I think he probably has a role to play as a you know a second or third stream quarterback next year. But with Vedral here and Luke McCaffrey here, I understand why he would at least look at his options. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Great show tonight. Thanks so much for joining us tonight, John. Derek, we'll see you soon. Hey, be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Our episodes can be found everywhere to include Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. We appreciate any and all feedback. Please share our episodes. On behalf of Derek and John, we thank everybody for listening. And we might see you next week. We might not. I don't know. It's Christmas. You know, Merry Christmas to all. But I'll, I'll, as always, go Big Red. <laughs> Later. <laughs>